This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Welcome to episode 200 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Jocelyn Duran. And uh, for our 200th episode, we are locked into a <laughs> god awful fucking winter storm in Texas. Yeah. Um, kind I'm of- not mad at it like you are. Oh, I'm pissed. Well, see, <laughs> see, I got I got stuff I'm trying to do, like this construction project. Cody, oh, you should have right. done that before the show. Really well, no, have. I could I, There's like this weird halo <laughs> thing that's happening in the corner right here. That it's, it's your uh, ring light. Yeah, it? but I, yeah, but I can't angle it to where it goes away. It's bugging the shit out of me. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on shit and have contractors over, but it doesn't like this is not the weather for it. Like you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. There's fucking six inches of fucking snow out front, and it's not going anywhere. So yeah, I'm a little pissed off. Uh, just because, and plus I'm having to work, uh, being in the news media. Yeah, Jocelyn, did you we ever have to snow day? Did you ever have to go to a hotel to stay? Uh, That's funny. No, I didn't. I have a friend who's a meteorologist in Austin, and she just posted last night that yeah, she was in a hotel downtown uh, oh. at the Fox Station. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, one of one of our meteorologists uh, is having a baby right now, or did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she like went into labor like the day it all started. But yeah, we've got people like all over the city, uh, staying in hotels, and then now uh, there's no more hotels because oh, everyone's because no. so many people's power is out. Did they get canceled? What? I was I was joking. Mm. You said there's no more hotels, so I asked if they got canceled. Oh, like a cancel culture joke? Uh-huh. That's, That's pretty, what I thought. That's pretty yeah. topical, Cody. I, don't I know. Really know how it pertains, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So it's fucking snow. There, it's not snowing anymore, but there's so much goddamn snow outside. Um, I fell on the ice the other day. We were talking about that before <laughs> the show started. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that yeah. once with camera equipment. I had my camera and my tripod and just like <laughs> fell straight on my ass. It hurts One so of- bad. One of the funniest things I've ever seen happen on live TV. Um, <laughs> this is, and I'm not going to name names because uh, I know these people are my friends on Facebook, but there was a, one of our photographers in San Antonio. It was, um, it must have been like the morning after the Spurs won like the Western Conference Finals in 2007 or maybe even the championship. I don't remember which it was. I think it was the Western Conference Finals because they were at a live shot at Academy you know, where they have all the merch for sale Mm -hmm. and uh, the photog, this guy, uh, it was, we were live in the morning show and uh, he walked, he was walking and following the reporter and he fell like backwards and then his legs came up like in front of the lens. (laughs) Like a cartoon. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) And one of, one of our reporters fell on the air this morning or right before we went on the air. Another one fell last night. Oh yeah. But then she's like, you know, uh, her name is Jessica. She goes, but I'm young and it's okay. I bounce back. Like, shut up. <laughs> I'm an old man and I fell and it hurts. And I still hurt and I bruised myself. I bruised my arm throwing away cat poop. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, how was uh, how was everyone's Valentine's Day? I'm wearing red. I went to a Zoom wedding and it was I awesome. I saw that. It was so great. I had so much fun. Uh, so I, I'm not. Uh, so like the whole thing was on Zoom, like 
from the wedding to the reception? Yeah, they did. The well, I mean, there was no reception, but they had like a toast at the end and then they thanked everyone personally for being there. So they were just they were supposed to get married today. Obviously, you know, then coronavirus happened. So then now they've postponed it to 2022 just to be sure, you know, wow, like August 2022. So not even like, you know, the beginning of the year, like they just wanted to be sure it was completely they didn't have to worry about it. So they decided to do like a small thing still yesterday. And then I think it kind of grew and grew and there was like, you know, close to a hundred people. So <laughs> on one zoom call, yeah, like 67 people. It was great though. And it worked. And and there was a, you know, there was like some people who like had forgot to mute their mics and like little oh, things God. like that, but it was so That sounds cute. like a nightmare. I loved it. I loved like, the whole thing. <laughs> like during the vows, someone's like, <laughs> Can you turn off the light? You forgot to take out the trash. No. <laughs> God, she looks fat in that dress. Like... Oh, shit. Um, was there an no, open no, bar? No. Uh, yeah, everyone had, you know, their own wine and little toasts and stuff. Yeah, I get it. That's funny. Yeah, it was good. It was cute. Other than that, it was pretty uneventful. So um, we got a uh, cinematic Valentine yesterday. Oh. Uh, in the form of a uh, final uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer. That's right, yes. Uh, Cody hipped me to this. Um, have you... So, Jocelyn, you're not... You don't know anything about this <laughs> shit. I know. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I know some things about it, kind of, you know. But uh, Cody... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a question for Jocelyn. Uh-oh. Okay. Is this Marvel or DC? Oh, um, this is DC because I know oh, it's okay. Oh, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I because was every time mad at you for being impressed, but well, I'll every take it. every time we bring up Justice League, you go, I don't, I haven't seen the Marvel oh, movies. Yeah, you, <laughs> turn, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> you turn into such a girl at that point, like I such know. like a, the the like the nineties version of a girl, yes, where it's like right. I don't know what that nerd shit I is. I know. I know. And that's what it disappoints me because I've always been like, I I started watching Star Wars when I was younger because I knew that as a movie person, I had to watch it and have an opinion. And I love Star Wars and I'm sure I would love all of those movies, but they started like right when I, right when I stopped having this like movie life, kind of like when I turned my back on it. So I have this like weird, like, you know, just a, a, a like a black spot on my knowledge. But you, I think it's kind of funny now. Now I kind of like it. Yeah, but we're 11 months <laughs> into a pandemic, Jocelyn, and you had a child. You've had you more than enough time. You guys have that covered, though. You guys have. I mean, there are plenty of other movies for me to watch. Believe me. But Well, how many times can you watch the fucking Seven Samurai? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever other Kurosawa That's one you want. That is true. Yeah. Or like, oh, I'm watching the I'm watching uh, um fucking rope again or something. <laughs> I was trying to think of a Kubrick movie that wasn't uh, the Shining like- or 2001 and I couldn't remember. Rope is a Hitchcock. I know. I couldn't think okay. of another I oh, I, I, did, I, I didn't want to say the Shining. What's another uh Kubrick movie like uh, Barry Lyndon? Oh, my favorite is Paths of Glory. Okay. Which I think everyone should watch. I know it's yeah. like one that nobody's heard of. It's a it's an excellent movie. What about everyone Eyes Wide Shut? It. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I would rather watch House of Glory. Did you ever hear that uh, Kubrick wanted to make AI? Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the, like a the, super thing. Super and that he, um, because he's a crazy person or was a crazy person, I should say, 
<laughs> he wanted at the time it was like technologically or like cost prohibitive to he wanted them to just render all these special effects and him be able to cut it like that from makes that. sense yeah and they're like no that's not how it works you gotta cut the movie and then we put the stuff in he's like he shot barry linden by candlelight like the entire movie he wanted to be shot by candlelight and he had to use like a special lens from NASA and all this other bullshit. So we talked, him, uh, Cody and I had a, a long conversation and there was a Gizmodo article, I think, or an AV club article, one of those two on uh, the dangers of the auteur theory. Mm-hmm. Um, that, a is for auteur. That's centered around um, the uh, controversy regular, regarding Joss Whedon. And also right. touching on uh, Kubrick's treatment of uh, Shelley Duvall, who apparently and lives Malcolm like- McDowell. I, yeah, yeah, she lives but this in like was, Kerrville. This was more about Shelley Duvall, um, right? Because she, but just, no, he, was it so- wasn't just her. It was he was he was really horrible to Malcolm McDowell as well. And he, Malcolm McDowell like thought they were very close friends, and then like basically he ghosted him. Well, right, but Shelley Duvall had like real Abuse. like mental issues. Yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so on to Justice League. I don't know how I we. Know, that's <laughs> on to another strange. amazing Segment. filmmaker, Zack Snyder. Yes. To his credit, he has. Kubrick, you're right. To his credit, he has no, um, no uh, kind of allegations against him. Unlike Joss Whedon, who uh, ended up finishing the Justice League that was in theaters. Cody, I know you have a lot of opinions on this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So one thing that was confirmed via, I think, like Clubhouse or some dumb app that that Zack Snyder is on. Oh, that uh, uh, that like Illuminati Twitter or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, is that, so it's been super weird if you've seen like the clips or the um I, oh Jared this is gonna piss you off so much if you didn't already read about <laughs> it or watch the video oh goodness so um so basically Zack Snyder uh, if you if you've seen the clips you've seen that Justice League trailer the Justice League trailer for HBO Max is for some reason in four by three which is an aspect ratio that is a square it's like like an old tube TV used to be um without the black uh, the black bars on top and bottom. Uh, so it's not letterboxed. And I was like, why the hell is... At first I thought, is this just like formatted for Instagram? And maybe That's this, what is, I was thinking, this yeah. is why. But Zack Snyder confirmed that the entire movie is four by three. And oh, the, that's horrible. Here's the reason, though. The reason Uh-oh. is because on film cameras, the, the, the actual picture and the image is the square. And they put the black uh, bars on the top and the bottom... And Zack Snyder's like, and it's just like you're missing out on so much. And and I thought that this was a unique opportunity to give people the full screen. And, and Aww, it's like, shut that's adorable. Up. No, it's I mean, not. It's fucking <laughs> annoying. Like everything else that has to do with this goddamn movie. <laughs> it is a weird take because he's never done that before. Right. I mean, they, they, it's called open mat is what it means. It's, you know, in filmmaking terms, it means that you're not matting the picture, especially if you're not shooting anamorphic. Um, and clearly he's not, he was shooting the full 35 millimeter. Um, that was even something, uh, that was a, I think a big deal with Titanic. They shot something called like super 35 millimeter that added the top, like more room at the top and bottom. And obviously IMAX films have that aspect ratio Yeah, uh, to a point, you know, if you, if you watch a Christopher Nolan movie in the theater, you can see it switch to. 
whatever yes, it is. yes, but also this is going to be a movie at the full the full time where you're going to have giant black bars on yeah. either side, and and even though you're gaining more up and down, you are losing so much of the. It's picture. like watching a cell phone video that isn't turned horizontal. It's like a vertical cell phone video. See, it's that's like the watching thing. Videos from your grandparents. That's the thing. Is like uh, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, that I was talking about uh, when you know, they had the 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 like J.J. Abrams shot The Force Awakens on film. No one's ever going to watch it projected through film ever. You know, it's all going to be watched on a digital projection or on a TV. Right. This is going straight to streaming. It's never going to be watched in a in a format that can properly display that that aspect ratio. So it's just fucking pointless. It's it's weird. It's a weird take because it's never. I, I don't think he's ever done anything in that aspect ratio before. No, nobody does, unless it's an old black and white movie or a, a movie that's happening now that's trying to recreate the black and like white. Like the stuff. lighthouse did that. Um, yeah, like the lighthouse or um, the. Oh, uh, they did. I don't even remember that. The artist didn't the artist do that or my no? Something else? Cold War did uh, and Ida the the two Polish movies that the guy got nominated for cinematography. I think those are both in four by three. Um, the lighthouse, like you said, is four by three. There's maybe been one or two more in recent memory. Um, I think it's I I think it's not qu- quite four by three, if I'm correct. Like it's not technically four by. I mean, it looks. It's basically the same thing. Um, but then, of course, you see TV shows do that. All, like if you've been watching WandaVision, they do that. They change the aspect mm-hmm. ratio. If it's if it's meant to tell a story, I don't mind. But um, it, to to just do it because that's how you wanted to do it on a format that's never going to properly display that. I don't get it. Well, yeah, but like, why does Zack Snyder or Zack Snyder give a shit about? filming on 35 millimeter when it's 90 percent cgi it just doesn't make any fucking sense that's also the thing is like you're not really getting more of the picture if that makes sense you're getting like because you know there's so much that i'm sure is like matted out or green screened away and yeah i mean it's just a weird like if you were like oh it's a nature documentary and we flew over the grand canyon with an imax camera like we want to show you the whole picture like sure Mm -hmm. Um, come to think of it, uh, GoPro shoots that way. If you shoot, um, well, there you go. That's uh, why he just the, shot it all on GoPro and he doesn't want to admit it. Cause I, uh, when we went to Japan and I shot the video from on the Mario Kart, my friend was asking me why it was four by three. And I'm like, no, that's like the 4k resolution of GoPro just cause it, it has this big expansive view that you can basically mat from. You can crop out the middle if you want or crop it, crop it out to letterbox it or whatever. So, I don't know. So, is he doing it as a gimmick? This whole thing is just a weird Yeah, yeah the whole thing I mean, seems like a gimmick. Look, <laughs> the trailer ends with uh, Jared Leto's Joker literally saying, we live in a society, which is like the meme of, uh, like, it's just like a meme colliding and like unironically being displayed. It's just such a weird thing. Look, I don't, I don't have any built-in animosity toward it. Uh, other than the marketing and the whole like idea that this was something that was locked away in a vault and just has was been begged, people were begging for it to be released. Like this is a brand new movie that was unfinished. Yeah, and now it's being refinished. Like just say that. 
Yeah, the, there the 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 pushing of the narrative that like of like showing reels and stuff, like the amount of money that they've pumped into this thing, and the fact that it's just again four hours long. By the <laughs> way, all of these trailers, if they've taught you anything, it's that it's that it's it looks exactly like the same Zack Snyder tone that is in everything he ever does, and just to think about four hours of that just sounds punishing like it just sounds brutal man yeah you know uh my wife and i watched i sh- before we watched wonder woman i think i talked about this uh we watched kind of the stuff I-, I had to get her acquainted with wonder woman basically before we watched wonder woman 1984 so we d- we did uh, man of steel then we did batman versus superman then we did wonder woman but the only batman versus superman available on streaming is the three hour version <laughs> and um uh, I got to admit, it does fill out the story a little more, but there is just so much shit in that movie. Just so much shit in that movie that it's it's like, what are we doing? Why are we why is it taking so long to get to Batman versus Superman? (laughs) Anyway, there's like a whole subplot about terrorists and bullets. And I mean, it's just fucking stupid. Yeah. Y'all need Um, to give me like your top 10 list for superhero movies both dc and marvel and then i'll compare the two it's gonna be heavily heavily favored towards marvel i think well i mean it it, 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 i mean modern if you if you're going like the last 10 years then of course but if you're gonna go back i don't know i don't know that there is a single dc movie aside no not that i'd recommend but that i would put over the 10 best marvel movies i don't think that there's i mean i think even the dark knight I mean, are we counting that as being the last ten years? It's not the last ten years. Oh, well, that okay. I'm I'm talking. Uh, that's what I'm saying is that the last ten years, I would not. There would not oh. be anything. But like, if you looked at the last, you know, thirty years or whatever, then yeah, or, the or Dark what, Knight would go in there. Yeah, but I've like Justin those. seen that. Yeah. I mean, if it's by yeah, Christopher, Christopher Nolan, Nolan, I'm gonna but, watch but it. But if we're just if we're just talking <laughs> about like the the DC extended universe and then the Marvel cinematic universe and talking about oh, that, oh yeah, yeah for sure. I mean it's it's all Marvel. I mean I think that the best movies of the DC bunch are pro- like probably Harley Quinn is probably the best for me in my opinion. But yeah, um, you know I still like the original Wonder Woman, um, and I, I had a good time with Shazam. Yeah. And uh, I I enjoyed Aquaman enough. I just but yeah, none of those are going to be, you know, over like Captain America: Civil War and uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, and Winter. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Winter Soldier, not Civil the War. The first but. Captain America. I mean that. Yeah, there's. All, and, all good. I mean, plus there's like twenty. <laughs> Cody's so like, bored. There's like twenty two of those movies compared to ten or whatever, and you know. If you want to do like ancillary stuff like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, that's probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Probably. I hear that's excellent. Yeah. But I never want to be like, oh, I don't watch that. That's too nerdy. Like, I want to be able to have an opinion on everything. It's just it just got away from me. And now it's just they turn them out like crazy. And then that also kind of turns me off how they just you know continue to make them because you they're know, these cash cows and it the, bothers me so the biggest problem i have with it is that none of it's ever a surprise yeah um you know you've got as soon as kept you know as soon as uh one movie's coming out they're already talking about the next one yeah mm-hmm. and i think you know one of the the brightest spots in the whole marvel thing is uh thor ragnarok uh from taika watiti 
and uh, it blows its best surprise in the trailer. Like if that mm-hmm. if that if it had not blown the surprise, and I'm not going to tell you, Jocelyn, because yeah. you might still be surprised by it. But the trailer, <laughs> every, everyone watches the trailer, and it's like this would have been an awesome moment to have in the theater, you know. But right, they just for whatever reason Gave don't want to risk it anymore. Like there's nothing that's. I'm I'm honestly stunned that the that the big uh, in game moment w- did not get spoiled because like that's that's probably like the biggest like iconic moment of that entire series and I'm stunned they they did show it in trailers like a month after the movie had oh, been yeah. out and stuff, you're talking but... about the 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 uh, worthiness part yeah 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 okay yeah I'm not gonna and Wandavision has a has a surprise too right has a kind of twist yeah but yeah. see that's that's the thing though is they. They can, uh, they they've been really good at keeping that stuff secret, mm-hmm. and I guess that's probably the uh, the idea of it being a weekly series, and, and you know, I think that's been kind of genius on Disney's part is to parcel this stuff out in weekly series because it gets people keeps people talking about them, and like all the Star Wars stuff, I mean the Mandalorian stuff, like no one, uh, you know, no one saw that coming. And then, like, that's why there was no Baby Yoda merchandise already out. I know, you know? yeah. That was a... If this was a movie, you'd be buying Baby Yoda shit, like, six months before the movie comes out. But anyway, Justice League is coming out in March, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, in, like, about a month or less. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about it on, on the sh- HBO Max. Trailer's on YouTube. Yeah. I guess you could watch it on HBO Max, but it is going to be on that's HBO where I, saw I can't it. wait to watch it in stunning 4K... In four by three. That's what's weird now too. Are these streaming platforms are doing trailer like releasing trailers like on the platform? So when I went to HBO Max, it was like Justice League, and I was like, "Oh, that's out already!" And then it was like trailer, and I was like, "Really?" Oh, HBO's done that forever, though. That's ridiculous. If you if you consider HBO Max just like an extension of HBO Light, yeah. No, like HBO Max. (laughs) HBO Zero. HBO the opposite Diet. of zero. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. Max. HBO normal, like regular. <laughs> what? what are you talking <laughs> about? I mean, to, to be fair, Pepsi <laughs> Max HBO is the Max zero is calorie like version. Of HBO, the yeah, regular. You know who, uh, like, if you try to watch, you know, like, I'm going to go watch uh, John Oliver's show later tonight, and it's going to have a trailer for God knows what. Probably. Oh, is that a new show on HBO? Yeah, Star- God knows what, starring uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Who would be in it? Oh, you're absolutely right. Ricky Gervais would be in that. Show. But it would have a question mark at the end. God yeah. knows what. God anyway. knows what. Man, I was I thinking would watch I, that. Speaking of, I was thinking about uh, the Ricky Gervais show. Do you remember that? Uh, it was on HBO, the, the animated podcast. Yeah, but the the original podcast. I think that was the very first podcast I ever listened to. No yeah, it was way. one of the very first ever period that was on iTunes, I think. Yeah, I loved that thing. God, it was I so funny. I love him. Anything he does, I am there. I don't it, not anything he does, but some of the stuff he does is just killer. Uh, his stand up is not my favorite. I love his stand up. Yeah, well, anyway, anything else before we uh, before we move on here? Mm-mm. All right, let's go ahead and move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, speaking of HBO Max, we have Judas and the Black Messiah. I want to share something with you. Like the masses, I was in awe. 
when I first laid eyes on all the things you are. I heard that speech. I knew we make noise. I just thought it'd be in the streets. The Black Panthers are the single greatest threat to our national security. Our counterintelligence program must prevent the rise of a black messiah. You're looking at 18 months for the stolen car, five years for impersonating a federal officer, or you can go home. What do you want? Get close to Hampton. The Black Panthers are forming a rainbow coalition of oppressed brothers and sisters of every color. Neutralize him by any means necessary. So this is a film about um, a uh, FBI infiltration. Uh, God, you're fucking that camera adjusting it again. Uh, I don't understand this glow. I can't. Get, <laughs> no matter what I do, I can't get rid of it. This, uh, yeah, real life uh, Black Panther leader Fred Hampton um, stars. Uh, it's kind of a mini uh, Get Out reunion with uh, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lakeith Stanfield, and uh, even Lil Rel Howery. Uh, mm-hmm. Cody. Tell us about Judas and the Black Messiah and what you thought of it. Yeah, you know, it's weird because I think it closely relates to a couple of big things from from 2020. This movie was meant to come out in 2020. But, um, you know, in, in a strange way, it feels uh, closely connected to um, Steve McQueen's Small Axe series in that, uh, you know, it feels like the American cousin uh, to that series and that it's talking a lot about um, about discrimination in the police and things like that. And then it also obviously relates closely to Trial of the Chicago Seven as well, mm-hmm. and so it's if it it, it it oddly fits in very well with those and would make for a good a double or triple feature um, out of those. But um, but yeah, like you said, it, it's it's the story of of Fred Hampton and the uh, FBI infiltration from um, William O'Neill, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't know too much about this story specifically, so. Um, I kind of went into it a bit cold. I think, um, you know, all of the performances across the board are great. And I think above all else, this is a really great, uh, acting showcase. Um, in particular, I, 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 it's one of those movies and it's one of those, like after a few performances in a row, I think like Daniel Kaluuya is going to win multiple Oscars in his career because he's like that good. He was nominated for get out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people wanted him nominated for Widows um, as well. Um, I never did see that. Eh, it's not my favorite. That's, Another um, Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. Um, but he's incredible in the film. And oddly, the category stuff is, I always find like category Oscar stuff interesting because Kalu is being pushed for supporting actor. Um, and I don't know, this feels like a co-lead situation with him and Absolutely, yeah. Stanfield. But, um, That's disappointing to hear it would be supporting because... Well, he's he has a better chance of winning supporting. I mean, it, it is it is a it is more. It's supposed to be William O'Neill's story. It is, but I would if like we if we're talking screen time here, I I, I would want to see the numbers on this to see who's got more screen time. Um, really? Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, but uh, I have it right here on my chart. Oh that I yes, made. go ahead. <laughs> you were you had a stopwatch. You were watching closely. I have a PowerPoint you got the, you got one of those uh, Trump Ready. papers. You just hold up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See. Uh, but, but no, so it, it, it tells, uh, it tells an interesting story. I think, well, I think it looks really good. I think it's well-directed and, and well put together. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know that it's anything like, uh, ever earth shattering, but I think that it's, it's really solid. 
Um, and, um, and also just talking, going up and down the cast. The only thing that's weird is, is, is Martin Sheen and weird makeup playing (laughs) Jay Edgar Hoover. Hoover. Uh, a a little strange, but then you get like Jesse Plemons, who is great in everything ever, um, who is also great in this movie. Um, and yeah, I, I just found it to be, um, you know, a really kind of energetic movie that has a lot of, uh, electricity to it. That's brought to it by, um, really magnetic performance. It reminded me a lot of Selma in that way, where you know you get these movies that are about um, you know social issues or civil rights or things like that, where it's it features this really magnetic lead performance and uh, supporting performance in this case, but uh, you know lead character or supporting character where um, uh, where you just can't take your eyes off of it. And I think that's what it is with uh, Daniel Kaluuya in this one. Yeah, uh, Jocelyn, what about you? Ah, uh, yeah, I. Totally agree. Um, I I loved it. Uh, I just felt like, you know, I think oftentimes a movie will come around and you can kind of feel like you're in good hands with the director. And that's kind of how I felt here. I was like, okay, he knows what he is doing and I can just kind of relax and enjoy this movie that they have created. And there's some moments that are really incredible. And I got kind of almost like a Goodfellas vibe um, with not just the direction, but also the uh, way that the story's going, because you know that this is not going to end well. Like you just are just waiting for what is, how this is going to, you know, end basically, because it's just kind of all coming to a head. Um and then, like Cody said, just with some excellent acting um, and Jesse Plemons, you know, he's just so relaxed and he plays such a good character where it's like he's not a bad guy, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to hate him. You kind of like him, but he's kind of on that line. And I think he does that really well. Um, and then, yeah, Martin Sheen, that was really odd. Um, and I think the second half of the movie, it really drags for me. The beginning was so exciting and I loved where it was going. And then it kind of drags a little bit. Um, and then the ending's amazing. But um, but even when it's sort of kind of, you know, going through the motions, I think, in the second half, it's still, it's still great to watch. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. I, I do want to piggyback quickly off something that Jocelyn said, which is, the the Jesse Plemons character, I almost don't know if if it's because his his character sort of lives in this strange gray, more like moral gray area, um, where I feel like I don't I don't know if the movie communicates as much if if he's if he's because at some at one point it hints towards him having a crisis of conscience, and I don't know that it ever like any like that ever bears any fruit or if it ever kind of. Uh, leans one way or another on what that character is supposed to be, and I don't. And I think that maybe it's because Clemens, uh, Clemens, uh, Jesse Plemons' performance is is like kind of endearing because he's kind of an endearing actor. But right. I, I feel like there is some there's some muddy narrative on that front a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's um it's kind of the uh, if you if you've watched you know mob movies and TV shows like The Sopranos, it's kind of the typical like uh, agent and criminal informant um, relationship where criminal informants are kind of treated like assets that have to do whatever they're told. And, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that to an extent the, you know, I, I, I'm going to echo both of you. I think the performances are great. I really like Lakeith Stanfield and I've, I really liked Lakeith Stanfield since I first saw him in uh, uh short term 12. I think that was the first time I ever saw him, but I mean, he's, he's such a great actor. He's really good in Atlanta. If you've ever seen Atlanta, um, the, I guess is still, 
being made. I don't know. Um, uh, Daniel Kaluuya is really great, too. I think, though, that this screenplay doesn't really connect the dots as much as I wanted it to. Because you have this story that is clearly going to have a tragic ending. And I don't know that you ever really feel like there's enough of a, you know, because if you if you watch the film and if you know anything about the story, the ending for um, for uh, uh, William O'Neill, the, the character Keith Stanfield plays, is very tragic, and it's it it kind of plays into this, um, you know, it's clearly as a result of what he's done. Um, they're not going to spoil it, but I don't know that the movie ever effectively conveys the kind of torture he's feeling as it, for what he's doing. And, Other than like potentially getting caught. Right. Right. Um, you know, cause you know, he's, he's this kind of, you know, small time crook who, uh, um, you know, in, in exchange for, uh, you know, not being able to not having to go to prison, um, that he infiltrates this, this, uh, you know, Black Panther chapter led by Fred Hampton, which is, um, you know, on the target of the FBI and the Chicago police, uh, or, you know, on the radar of them. And they basically, you know, he becomes part of the inner circle. Um, and then, you know, I think the idea is that you're supposed to see him kind of struggle with the, the task he's given to stay out of prison and what he starts to f- believe with this, you know, with behind the leadership of Fred Hampton. And I think the movie spends too much time with Fred to really get that effectively from uh, the William O'Neill standpoint. And I don't want to criticize the movie too much for that because Daniel Kaluuya is really great, but I don't think it connects the dots as well as it should have. I feel like it needed like another half hour, um, you know, or to maybe kind of just make- less of the relationship, you know, his personal life, which I sure. thought was a little like much. Yeah, I mean, it's really to set up like the final scene of his. But yeah, I, I can agree with that. It either needed to be like this long epic thing or, you know, trim down some because I think it's missing something that makes it really great. Um, and I think the performances are, are top notch. Um, you know, Plemons is all, always great, too. Um, you know, it's just it, there's something missing in the in the torment of what this is doing to the William O'Neill character for me. Like it, it, it tells you what it is, but it doesn't show you if that makes sense. Anyway, grades, Cody, <laughs> bless you. Bless Jocelyn. You. Um, That's what I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I, and I think that there is something to be said for that um, because it doesn't feel, it never feels transcendent. I think mm-hmm. it feels, it always feels really good, but it, it, it is missing some, you know some transcendence especially i think um you know i don't i don't really know that they could have just merely tacked some stuff on the end um and made something out of it um or if it needed the context in the middle chunk of it um but i was never bored and i was never disengaged with it i i don't think that it dragged towards the end i was actually pretty engaged throughout most of it um so i'm gonna give it a b plus all right jocelyn oof i um even with that all I still think it's it's worthy of an A minus. I thought it was um, you know, just an excellent movie. I think it's one of the best I've seen in a in a little while. 
Yeah, uh, I gave it a, a a solid B. I think it's I think it's it's really good, and the performances are great. Um, it is like you said, Cody. It's missing that thing that makes it that would make it transcendent, you know. Um, but this is available now on HBO Max and in theaters if that's your thing. But it's on HBO Max, <laughs> so just watch it at home. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next movie. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Ooh, George, <laughs> what's this drink with the skull and crossbones over it? Can we get one of those? It's called the buried treasure. Yo-ho. No one's ever finished the whole thing. But if you get to the bottom, it's a real treasure. You sure you guys want to do this? Yeah. Yeah! Okay. I love treasure. Yes. Try to amend my carnivorous habits. Made an you finished that already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just for the record, we never find the treasure. You found a little chest at the bottom with the syrupy liquid. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We, we licked that. We licked up all the syrup. Let's go. Yeah. And you opened the scuba diver's mask and found the three pills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I took a pill. I, I had one. I a pill. Oh, well, that's your treasure. So this is a comedy uh, starring Kristen Wiig, uh, Annie Momolo. That's how you say that, right? Annie Momolo, um, who I believe sure. c- co-wrote uh, *Bridesmaids*. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar-nominated right. screenwriter. Yeah. Um, also, Jamie Dornan in this film, uh, or in that clip, as you see. Uh, Jocelyn, tell us about *Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar* <laughs> and what you aye. thought of it. How do I describe this movie? Um, I think really what can tell you a lot about it is it begins with the definition of culottes. So it tells you, <laughs> you know, that kind of like sets you up for what Did this you ever is wear going culottes? to be about. Hell yeah, I had culottes. I was a product of the 90s. I had culottes <laughs> and I had long t-shirts with the little scrunchies on them. The little so like uh, the little plastic thing. Ex- uh-huh. The yep. little plastic ring. Those, yeah, that you would. Yep. Cody probably has no idea what we're talking about, but. He's so culottes, cool Cody. Oh, are you wearing culottes? That would be what's awesome. The, what's the difference between culottes and a skort? It's uh, a skort are shorts with a flap in the front that makes it look like a skirt. Okay. Culottes are just oversized shorts so that they kind of appear to be skirt-like. Mm, okay. I guess. I mean, I, I don't remember the exact definition that they had in the movie at the beginning, as I mentioned, but that's that's just my take on culottes. So. All right. All right, and that's it. And now it's going to be All right, so let me go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> What'd you think of the movie? Um, Kulots. Oh, yes. As you mentioned, um, this is sort of a, a bridesmaids reunion. You have a lot of the characters from Bridesmaids, um, and you have the writer, the co writer, I think co writer, right? With Kristen Wiig. Um, yes. Andy Molo, who is now uh, in the lead role. And um, this is definitely not similar to Bridesmaids. I would say this is more like a Zoolander type comedy where it's just completely irreverent and just really out there. Like it is, it's pretty crazy. Um, and that's not to say it's it's not fun. Like it, I had a, a, a good time watching it. Um, but you really have to kind of embrace the silliness of it all. Um, and 
you know, I think apart from a couple of the like, um, what were they like music numbers that I yeah. really just could not get behind, Aww. you know, I know I just, it was that pushed it over the edge. I mean, there was a lot of things that did, but, <laughs> but I think it did. I think that that's what it's doing. It's just kind of, you know, really going for this ridiculous, the ridiculousness of, of it all. Um, and for me, it worked. I didn't, I didn't mind how silly it was. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I've got to, I'm, it's, it's not so much silly. It's absurdist. Absurdist. Yes. And yeah. let me just explain a little. So Barb and star, and it's not Barbara, it's just Barb and Starbra, which I think I learned <laughs> from the trailer, which is also just hilarious. Yeah. It's Starbra and Barb. And so they lose their job at a furniture company at um, Jennifer Convertibles, and they decide to go to Florida. And um, there is at the at the same time, Kristen Wiig is playing an evil villain, sort of like uh, what was his name? Will Ferrell? Myers. Muf- uh, Muf- oh, what was it? Mufata oh, um, Jake, or whatever. Uh, Jacobin Mugato. Mugato, yes. Thank you, Jared. It's a little more Austin Powers name because he was Jacob Moogberg and he invented the piano key time. Ah, uh huh. That's right. I think it's a little more Austin Powers than um, like Doctor Evil kind of. Yeah, yeah, but you got the like pale skin and all that, and so so this villainous villainous character has this Caruso board has this. Plot to kill the, uh, you know, a mass amount of people that Jamie Dorian is going to carry out. Um, but he has a change of heart because him and Kristen Wiig kind of hit it off him and him. And I think it's Barb. So um, all that to say, you know, the, the movie just kind of goes along exactly like what you would expect with ridiculousness, you know, ensuing. Exactly and then, like you expect. No, yeah, you know, and these yeah, guys, I knew well, that there was going to be a talking crab. I knew that there was and going then to the be the culottes were going to play a role. Morgan no, Freeman think, with a D. But I think the general, the general, you know, <laughs> storyline is pretty predictable as far as these types of movies go. Like they're going to save the day, and it's going to be a happy ending. I don't. Okay, well, okay, that's pretty broad, but okay. Yeah, from abroad, from. from it's, it's going to have it's, a, it's going to have, have a first, beginning it's, it's going to have, have a climax and it's going to have a, a, a sort of a coda exactly like this, what you think it's going to be catharsis <laughs> it's probably going to have credits probably <laughs> yes well i don't think they played with a lot of yeah the narrative structure so then um sure, sure, i was going to fair. say i was going to say and then Damon Waynes Jr. is kind of tacked in there, you know, for some reason. And um, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that don't really serve a purpose in this movie. Um, But again, I am not complaining about it because uh, that type of like humor and when Kristen Wiig is this silly, it I love it. Cody, what about you? Yeah, so for me, it's it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, the you know it it is essentially a vehicle for Andy Mumolo and Kristen Wiig to screw around playing older ladies in Midwestern accents. Like it's that's basically <laughs> that's basically midlife ladies. They weren't older. Yeah, well, they're older than they are they're like in, in real life. 40s. No, no, I mean Kristen Wiig is like in her forties. Yeah, Annie Mumolo's like pushing fifty. They were yeah, play- they they were they're aged both... up for sure. You don't think that they no, were aged they were... up? I think they're playing like uh like weirdos more than they're yeah, playing old ladies. More like uh huh, 
I totally agree. I didn't I didn't get that at all. I thought that they were they were aged up at least a decade from their actual ages. Um but um but yeah, and it's you know there's there's moments in there where you can tell that like you know, like it, the old um, uh, thing that Fred Armisen and Kristen Wiig used to do on Weekend Update where they would like improvise and like look at each other and talk their way through a thing but not know – like they were supposed to sing a song or whatever. It was like Garth and Cat or whatever that was called. There's like some of that stuff there too where they're clearly like improvising off of each other. Um and, you know, Jared said Austin Powers. That was the first thing I thought of. It's sort of this very absurdist, um, off-the-wall humor. Very strange, very weird. Um, a lot of non-sequitur stuff. There's big musical numbers in there. Um, you know, the Damon Wayans Jr. stuff does not work at all for me. I, that's the stuff I really did. It's the same joke over and over again. And I have to say, I I, I really enjoyed the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes of it. And was enjoying how silly and dumb it was. And then I think it sort of runs out of steam almost immediately. And um, and there's not, it's not to say that there's not funny stuff throughout the movie, in the runtime of the movie. And I didn't hate it by any stretch. But at some point it becomes weird and absurd just to be weird and absurd. And um, and I think that there's there's too many non sequiturs for anything to really hold together in any in any meaningful way. Um, and then you you know once you just realize it's just it's just these two women goofing around for you know an hour and forty five minutes. I think I got it. It feels like a, it feels you know I saw someone else say that it feels like a, an, an SNL sketch that got extended into a full movie. And I can totally understand that opinion on things so for me it just didn't justify its runtime i think that it just it just ran out of steam you know um this for me if the the biggest i think the thing it compares to the best um i the austin powers thing i get because it's like this evil woman in a lair the movie the movie really kind of pulls the wool uh or pulls the rug out from under you like right away because it starts relatively normal and then it goes into this weird um, underground layer thing uh, but it's very reminiscent of, of Anchorman for me and it is uh, produced by Will Ferrell and Adam McKay who of course wrote and directed respectively and together Anchorman um, it's got this really really absurd vibe uh, where the story doesn't really matter and I, I agree Cody I think the story doesn't matter at all it's just a it's a it's a coat hanger to hang jokes on. And I think um, personally, I think a lot of those jokes are really funny and really effective. Um, I think, first of all, I didn't realize Jamie Dorman, or, excuse me, Jamie Dornan was so game for being a, a silly weirdo. I was surprised uh, by that as well. Um, there's a, a <laughs> like a very lengthy musical number with him that ends on the shot of a seagull that like goes into like the stuttery slow motion and has a seagull wipe. Fuck, I laughed my ass off at that. Uh, there's a scene with uh, a talking crab named Morgan Freeman. That's Fre- Freeman with a D. And I, you said it's Josh Robert Thompson, right, Cody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just batshit weird. And there, that is my kind of stuff. And I love that if it's strung together in a cohesive way, uh, I'll be on board. I, I don't think the plot is anything to speak of i think there's a bunch of funny shit connected by you know this this bear coat hanger plot i i appreciate that it doesn't get too involved in its plot 
because that's kind of the downfall of a movie like this. And I'm thinking back to stuff like uh, um, other Will Ferrell stuff, like if you ever saw Semi Pro, like it really gets bogged down in the plot and less and less uh, emphasis on the silliness of what ABA basketball was. And then uh, um, what's the other one? Um, shit. Oh, the campaign with uh, Zach Galifianakis. Like a funny movie, but it just gets bogged down in the plot. And this one never really does, and I appreciate that. And it kind of has this like shiny, happy ending that is enjoyable. There's some weird stuff in it, like uh, <laughs> two scenes that are shot like identically, um, and just little, little tiny jokes that like reward you for catching. I was my wife and I were watching, and I was just like laughing my ass off every <laughs> five minutes, and she's telling me to shut up because. <laughs> I just start cackling at some stupid non sequitur. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, it, you got to be in the mood for weird. And I think it's it's a very, you know, it's not Bridesmaids. You know, it's not um, it's not a mainstream comedy. This is a weird, weird movie. Um, and I, I enjoyed it for that. Anyway, grades, Jocelyn. Um, yeah, I think I did like it. I did. I did ask myself you know, a couple times, like towards the end, I think, um, I, it felt like they just wanted to go to Florida and, you know, wrote this movie so that they could go on vacation together. Um, it's a, it's a, they, they were actually shot in a Cancun. So maybe so. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Then <laughs> I was definitely right. I, I wouldn't recommend it just because I feel like it still, it pushes the silliness too much. And like I said, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the musical numbers. That kind of lost me. So I'm doing C plus. C plus, Cody. Yep, I'm. I'm also on the C plus train. I don't. I didn't hate it. I didn't. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I laughed. Uh, you know, a fair amount. But by midway through, I was kind of done with it. I think. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, C plus. I'm gonna go with a B minus because I I liked it enough to recommend it and I had a good time watching it. So I mean it, it's again plot wise it's nothing to to you know write home about, which would be a weird thing to do anyway. But um, <laughs> anyway. I wrote home about it. <laughs> I uh, did that. I wrote my parents a letter about this. So oh yeah, where do they live? And don't they? Live and then in I sent them a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, that's of, weird too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our last movie, Saint Maud. <laughs> Dear God, your presence graces the air, and soon, everyone will see you. Hi, are you Maud? Yes, hi. It takes nothing special to mop up after the dying. You're prettier than the last one. But to save a soul, that's quite something. Bless Amanda's body, and bless her mind, which is shrouded in darkness. Do you get a response? Oh, it's like he's physically in me. It's how he guides me. My little savior. Hey, I thought that was you. What are you up to? I'm a private carer. You're still nursing? What? They know what happened. All the good girls go to hell. I just want to see you loosen up. I've got more important things on my mind. <laughs> Here's my little thing. Maud, he isn't real. 
Nothing worthwhile comes easily. So this is a uh, very religious and sexy horror movie from uh, A24. My favorite combo. Cody, tell us about St. Maud and what you thought of it. Yeah, I'm, I won't spend too much time here. Um, but, you know, essentially it's it's a movie about a, a, a girl who is a, a hospice nurse. Um, and she um, she's like a devout devoutly religious person and um and clearly she has some sort of darker past and um and she develops a relationship with the with the person that she's caring uh, giving care to and um and then uh starts to kind of lose it a little bit and you see moments uh of that there's some sexiness as you said um <laughs> look with sexy results yeah with yeah with sexy sexiness results ensues. yeah uh, I, look, I, I, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time because I don't really get it. I, I don't, I don't understand what the metaphor is here. I don't understand the parable. I don't. I just didn't. I just didn't get it. Maybe someone smarter than me can explain to me what it all meant. Um, I think that it's really well directed. I think that the filmmaking is really good. Um, and I, I can't say that I was necessarily disinterested in what was going on. But by the end of it, I was kind of like, well, what what is happening here? What is it trying to say? And I just I just didn't connect it. I didn't connect the dots. I tried and I and I couldn't. Um, and so I, that's all I, I really have to say about it. I mean, as a horror movie, you know, if you're wondering, there's maybe like one or two very minor jump scares and maybe a couple disturbing things. Not really a horror movie outside of that, um, nor do I think that it is scary. Um, I just found it hard to understand what it's trying to do. Jocelyn. Yeah, I have to agree with Cody that I was surprised that this is a horror movie. I kept waiting for it to be scary and it it isn't. Um, I guess there's sort of, you know, sort of like Exorcist, there's some uh, religious things that are disturbing, but not, not scary in my opinion. And then I think it can all just be chalked up to this person has a mental illness and that's really the point of the, or not the point of the movie, but that's sort of how I took it where it's you, you, it's sort of not unexplainable. I'm losing my words again. Um, But it's almost like explainable by just being like, this person is crazy. And those are my, or not crazy, but this person has a mental illness. And those are my least favorite movies because it's like, well, then what's the point of watching this? If I'm just watching this, like, you know, descent into madness kind of a thing. Well, and also it kind of leaves it as a puzzle. I think like it doesn't really kind of tell you what the hell's happening. And I guess there's some, interesting things about good and evil and, and whether, you know, she was right all along with what she was thinking because she's kind of a, a fanatic. Um, but I think I'm giving it more credit than it deserves because it just really isn't interesting. And I, I didn't like it. So, you know, there's clearly something that is, um, you know, the, the character of Maud is harboring some sort of secret because Maud is even her name. And there's some sort of big backstory, uh, you know, event in her backstory that kind of hints at some sort of scandal or controversy or tragedy, one of those things. But the movie never lets you in on it. uh, And it seems like that's what drove her to this sort of fanaticism. Um, But yeah, I just 
I don't get it. I don't know what's happening in this movie. Well, I don't get a, there's it. There's a scene late late in the in the game in the where someone is t- she hears a voice talking to her and I was like, "Oh, is this one thing?" and I was like, "No, it's not. It's not the thing that I thought it was at that point. Like maybe she was driven by an opposing force or something like that." But it doesn't it maybe Well, hints- there was a there was a flashback that I think showed that she had accidentally killed someone previously that she was taking care of but then when they were doing CPR. So that's I just assumed that that's what had happened, that she right. had accidentally killed someone while they were trying to resuscitate them. And But then there's like um, like the clip we saw, there's like um, – and then there's another scene in the movie where you see like she might have had a child – Oh, like she has stretch mm. marks on her stomach and then oh, the, yeah. no, the no, other... no, those weren't stretch marks. Those were, I took that as like self-harm. Oh, I didn't like almost like way. not stigmata, but like, you know, like, uh, well, f- be... flay- like, what is it called when you flagellate yourself? Flagellation? Yeah, it's sort but of, that's usually, that's yeah, it's usually on it. your back though. But still, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's where mine are. Um, <laughs> but then the, and there was it was like right around that scene where she was kneeling on the coffee beans when she prays. So there's a lot of elements of like hurting herself for sure. you know her religious beliefs. But so. then but then there's the scene where the and we played it in the clip there where her the friend that knows her asks if she's still nursing, and she like has a second guess, like oh like, whether she meant like nurse like nursing or, a baby. Hmm. So I don't know. See, that's I, I, mean, I love talking about movies because I hadn't thought of that. Again, I don't really know what the hell's going on in the movie. Like Cody yeah. said, I don't I don't really get what the metaphor is. I mean, I'm not religious at all, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. You know, I don't have any kind of uh But you can watch The Exorcist and understand it and not. Well, be I mean, like, that's pretty straightforward though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is well, like in, in these in these sort of like artistic horror movies, they, they they're all it's always a very fine line where um, you either get the insane metaphor that it's trying to make or it goes over your head and yeah. it just becomes a bunch of mumbo jumbo, which I think, again, and I don't want to, like, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't get it. Like, yeah. I, I think that it's a very competently made film, honestly. I think I think the direction is really interesting. The shots are, are interesting. And, and, and it has a weird uh, kind of vibe to it. Like, it's it feels like it's very ancient and then all of a sudden everyone has smartphones. Mm-hmm. So it has this kind of off-putting, you know, art direction, I guess. Um, anyway, grades, Cody. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was going to give it a C plus, but I, it's I, I think it may deserve to be knocked down just a peg for being so difficult to make sense of. So I think I'm going to go with the C, which it feels maybe a little unfair, but because I think it is well made, um, and and maybe a, a poorly made movie belongs lower than uh, that but i would say a c yeah jocelyn no i think you're right on it i'm <laughs> right there with a c on this one i just didn't like it at all yeah same here c for me i just i i, I didn't get it I don't, I don't i don't get what the whole thing is about so anyway that we were really uh not we were all in sync on that one i think that's the first time in a while uh anyway that's gonna do it for this week next week cody what do we have well, next week is the release of No Bad Land on Hulu. Oh, wow. I saw that like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. Well, I'll have to look and see what else is opening because the, the 26th, the next week, is kind of the bigger one. Um, that's when uh, Minari comes out on VOD. And then the long-awaited 
you know, Tom and Jerry on HBO Max. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to, I don't know how, uh, how often you two watch those old cartoons as a child, but I was never into Tom and Jerry as much as Bugs Bunny or anything else. Like, it always felt like a, an also ran. Yeah. I'm 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 with you. I think on that. I mean, I did watch a bit. Like, so Cartoon Network used to run Tom and Jerry a lot back in my day, um, and I did watch a little bit. But you know, that was after they cleaned up the racism in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. which is a weird thing to have to do <laughs> to your cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, well, I'll find something else. It might be a lighter show next week to go on with Nomad. There's no reason to not do it because we both already seen it. Um, well, I guess Jocelyn hasn't seen it yet, right? Well, it's going to be on Hulu, so she's got no reason not to, unless it's, yeah. <laughs> unless we tell her it's a superhero movie, and then she's going to be like, I just don't have the time. I don't know. Is this the one with Francis, Francis McDermott? Yes. Francis McDermott? Francis <laughs> McDiblett? <laughs> McDormand? Frank Mc, McNichol? McDiverson? <laughs> it's, it's Francis McDormand, uh, like David Strathairn, and then a bunch of rando, weird, real people. Yeah. Did you ever see the writer? I did not. Okay. The writer is amazing. It made my top 10 that year. And it's very, it's very similar to that, except for the writer is all, um, it's all randos. It's all randos. It's It's Chloe Chow. R I D E R. She's doing, uh, the Eternals, right? For Marvel. Yes. And she just got something else. Yeah. She just got confirmed for doing, um, Dracula, I think. Oh, yeah. That's right. What a weird (laughs) career. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) man. No kidding. Yeah. By the way, I can Rider? never. I, R-I-D-E-R. I'm going to look it yeah, up. It's about a rodeo. Cowboy. It's really good. Uh, uh, I, by the way, I can never buy David Strathairn as like a, a redneck white trash guy. He's very, he's way too regal for that. Yeah, it was. He did seem a little bit out of place uh, in that, but, but we'll talk, I don't want to give too much we'll away. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob. Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. No, Cinesnob.net. Uh, you can uh, listen to our other podcasts, ReMCU, blah, 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 uh, RIP Cornstream. Um, <laughs> Cody, you got the ramble. Yep, I got the ramble on uh, Wednesdays, Tuesday, Friday, Ramble Radio, Thursdays, Goodwill Hunting. Um, How long it, is that Goodwill Hunting going to last? Uh, indefinite. I mean. Oh, I, I thought there was an end game to it. The, well, the end game is me watching Willow, and I think it's funnier <laughs> if I prolong it even okay. longer. And I, I almost, still haven't seen it. No, I, and I almost think it's funnier if I watch the Disney Plus series before I see the actual movie. Uh, but I want to, I want to maybe time it with the actual like Disney Plus series. Um, you know, have they even started filming release. that yet? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Oh, and also, uh, my letterbox is up to date. So, oh. uh, for Ooh, now, wow. uh, so if you go to letterboxd.com slash Cody, you can keep up with everything that I saw at Sundance plus everything I've seen, um, otherwise. But you never sent me that wrap up story, by the way. Oh, fuck. I have tomorrow <laughs> off. Maybe I'll do that. I'll do I it tomorrow. It. Okay. Jared, uh, you're such a taskmaster. Well, I mean, oh, just... I need to talk to you about something else too. <laughs> okay. We'll talk we'll off, do it off, off, off mic. All right. Um, no, please. The test is positive. <laughs> <laughs> it could be so many different tests. I know. Oh I know. You God, just don't know. It could be good. It could be bad. Um, anyway, Jocelyn, you're uh, wearing red for Valentine's Day. Yeah. It was yesterday. That's like so. when I, I had a COVID test and I said, it, it was positive. It was negative. 
I was, <laughs> it was like, you know, cause it's positive that it's negative. And someone was like, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. You never, no. you never want to ever do that when it That's comes to. That's not how to... they deliver the results to you. They tell yeah. you. Well, negative. someone asked like, well, how, what would, and I was like, oh, it was positive that I'm negative. Huh? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an elementary school oh, no. joke. Oh, oh, look out! Oh. All right, earthquake here. <laughs> on, that, on that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania, and I'm Jocelyn Duran. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week. <laughs>